fantastic episode of Nerds of the North, the premiere for the video show, hosted by two brothers, the third guy once again, only live from Simon Spaceman, Adam Spaceman, and Matt, somewhere out in the world. Yes, Today, uh, it's, a, it's a rare day I am recording from a fourth floor. Ooh. You have to keep wanting up us, huh? We're stuck in basements, and you're just, <laughs> you're just keep it going up, huh? That's how it is. Yeah, you know, we just got to have that air of superiority. There you go. You sure do. I am your father, son, and the Goldie host, Simon Pazzo, joined in solidarity with my faithful squad mates, Adam Pazzo and Matthew Mania. How are we doing, Lance? Uh, I'm exhausted, and probably so are you. No, I'm good. <laughs> 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 we just played a hockey game, but I mean, uh, I could do another two or three, probably. Uh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Adam, can you yeah, I'm confirm... Doing all right. I- Sorry, just I want to I want Adam to confirm that when I made fun of him and called him a Grinch last week, that that is exactly what he wanted. Yes, so I don't that want was people to listen to it. That was absolutely <laughs> delightful. I, I there there was a genuine lull. I laughed out loud at actually <laughs> <laughs> when I heard that. That was that yeah. was real good. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Sorry, Matt. I interrupted you. Oh no, nothing important. You know, I'm also doing fine. The Bombers won yesterday, so my throat's a little sore, but we're having fun, and yeah, things are going good. Jeez, yeah, thank God they won. We were all, like, everyone working at the Jets game was frantically watching the game on our phones, because, like, either way, people are going to be drunker than usual at the game, but is it a happy <laughs> drunk or a sad drunk? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, well, we God did we our won. best to not win, but we managed to pull it out That's in the true. end. That's yeah. true. You, you tried valiantly to lose that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, so we're going to – this is – sports is basically the one thing the show is not about, uh, so we won't talk too much about it. But I do want to kind of check in on you guys. It's been a it's been a little while since we had the whole squad here. Another thing I want to tell people is, first of all, we've had a couple more likes on our Facebook page, Nerds of the North, uh, on Facebook.com slash Nerds of the North. So we appreciate you if you're out there. The other thing I want to say is I've started to do this, and by that I mean I've done it exactly once. But if I'm going to try and put – uh, timestamps, not like YouTube timestamps, because I don't think you can do that on podcasts. But just if the if we're going to be talking about a topic that you're not interested in, and you have a topic that's coming up later that you're going to be more interested, in, I'm going to try and write those in the description, like the podcast description, so you can go down there and check it out. Because uh, I think it was two or three episodes ago where we talked for Mass Effect for half an hour, and that's when I I didn't actually say it in the podcast, but I did indeed put it in the description. Hey, if if you don't want to listen to Mass Effect trivia for half an hour, uh, feel free to skip ahead. We do. I'm going to be introducing a brand new uh, segment. I'm not sure if I should do it at the beginning of the show or at the end of the show. I'm feeling the end of the show. Um, so if you're not interested in that, you can, of course, skip around. But this segment shall be called, What the Fuck Have We Been Doing for the Last Couple Weeks? So, uh, Adam, what the fuck have you been doing for the last few weeks? Video game related. We don't want to hear your depressing life. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. So, mostly Minecraft, I think. Um because obviously the the big 1.18 update just came out on the 30th. Um, and so I, I started a new world, which is fun. Uh, I happened to spawn in. One of the things I love about Minecraft is that sometimes you're like, eh, I don't know what I'm doing. And then sometimes the, the universe just aligns. Like in this one, I spawned on an island. So immediately I went, okay, this is my island. And I will now terraform and shape it to how I want it. Um, and That's kind of the genius of it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the whole plan was just laid out for me by how I happened to spawn in. Um, 
So that was pretty cool. I also actually, before I was doing that, I got really into, um, there's a bunch of Minecraft like modes that people have invented that you can get on the store. Uh, and I hadn't really gotten into them, but after watching one on YouTube, I've gotten really into Skyblock One Block, which is Skyblock is just you're in the sky. You're on like a there's a small piece of land and you're in the sky as opposed to on the ground. So you just have to deal with that and all the dangers therein. And one block is you have a, a block that's infinite. So you just mine it and then it changes to something else and you mine that. And Skyblock One Block is you start on this one block. And you have to do everything from what it gives you over time. Hmm. It's a really interesting challenge. Um, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm so that my highest honor and say that's real neato. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it gives me the same kind of vibe as like a Nuzlocke run in Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. It's so like there is what there is, and you got to deal with yep. it. And uh, yeah, I've never really gotten into Nuzlocking, but I'm, I'm really liking this. So yeah, Minecraft has been my last couple weeks of gaming mostly. I should have done a Nuzlocke and. Um in BDSP when I started playing. That would have been a way to make it a smidge mm. more interesting. One, one, of the, one of the more fun ways I've ever experienced Pokemon was um, playing, I forget which one, uh, on an emulator, uh, randomized Nuzlocke. So you get your, like, Route 2 Ho-Oh, you know, at, like, level 6 that you got to, like, try and carry through the entire game. That gets pretty silly and fun. Yeah, I haven't put together, like, I, I'm sure I could figure it out, but that's something that I've always kind of been interested in. I think I managed to get... It wasn't Nuzlocke, but a random... Well, I guess Nuzlocke would just self-impose. But I did indeed uh, get a randomized, I think, emerald one time. They sound cool. We're gonna. I'm going to talk about Pokemon later. It may or may not be related to the... New segment. Uh, the segment of the day. In the last few weeks, I did a run-through of various simulation games. So um, I got into space a little while ago, which means it was time for my quarterly playthrough of Surviving Mars. So I played that. And then I kind of was craving sim stuff, so I played a round of SimCity and was, like, desperately trying to, like, the, the problem is it's a, it's actually kind of a solid game. It's just got so many limitations on it, but, like, the SimCity 2014, and it just scratches. Uh, oh, way back, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. The Internet's least favorite game Excuse of me. the year. That's the most recent SimCity. Like, is I'm not it? talking about, yeah, they haven't made another one. Oh the God. one that they, one of the people are talking about is City Skylines. Oh, yeah. But, like, they do, they hit different things, right? Yes. City Skylines is more like a like a road traffic simulator, whereas SimCity is very arcadey, and that's kind of what I'm going for. I just want to pop in and play it for a little while and be done. But it was kind of a shame because you, like, hit the edges of the map. I'm like, oh, man, I just wish you were a little larger. So I tried to get some mods to, to make it do what I wanted, and it, it didn't quite work. And then I, uh, for Black Friday, I bought a couple of Sims expansions and then played them a little bit, and I'm like, I mean, I'm not upset that I bought this for half price, but boy, I would have been upset if I bought this for full price. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, not a ton there. The Sims is like, I mean, we could talk about various franchises, most of them owned by EA, that have really fallen off a cliff. But it's hard to argue that The Sims is not one of them. Like, The Sims, I don't think it's just goggles. I don't know if either of you guys played a lot of it. I know Adam didn't play a lot of it. Um, but The Sims 3 was kind of a golden age. Like, when if you just look at the stuff they added per expansion pack. Like, they'll take the stuff that was in one Sims 3 expansion pack and split it up, it seems to be, over two or three of the ones here. Or they'll just have one expansion pack and then they'll have, like, another stuff pack and say, ah, you son of a bitch. But Yeah, the Sims 4 was super disappointing in comparison. It is, but similar to SimCity, it's like it changed the way to play and, and, like, the actual 
active engaging with the game became much more pleasurable. That's like the weirdest way to phrase that, but like just the UI, I thought that they nailed and the look of the Sims I kind of liked and all that kind of stuff. So it's like it'd be jarring to go back to the Sims 3, but the actual like stuff to do in the Sims 3 is so much more impressive. I also, uh, one, one bit is news. So I don't know if you guys have seen it, but in my movie online sphere, I kept hearing good things about this movie called Stardust, which I knew I had seen as a kid. Um, so I rewatched it. It's like a, a young adult movie. But what I didn't know was that it was directed by Matthew Vaughn, who went on to direct Kingsman and the good X-Men movies, um, right. like the recent good X-Men movies. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. phenomenal director. And it was written by Neil Gaiman. And I think even like adapted to the screen by Neil Gaiman. So like his own, and he's like an acclaimed author. Yes. So it really like had, no wonder it succeeded. And sure enough, it was really good. So I was watching that. And this will make sense in a second, I swear to God. And uh, Peter O'Toole, the great and powder of powerful, powerful, the great and powerful Peter O'Toole was, was a king who died. Like, that's the inside the incident, so no spoilers there um, in the movie. And so I was like, hey, Peter O'Toole. It's funny because he's, he's famous for Lawrence of Arabia. Maybe I should watch that one day. And then later on in the movie, they're talking about the king, like, in the past tense. And he's like, yeah, apparently he was like, crazy adventurous when he was young like he uh he, he said he wrote that he rolled a rolled he said that he rode a camel and so i kind of burst out laughing i'm like oh man i definitely would not have got that lawrence of arabia joke as a kid and i'm laughing at it now and then i've i've been playing through for the past like few months the uncharted series i don't even know if i've talked about that on air yet not really no i'm deep into no, uncharted so. 3 if you ever feel the need to play them for the love of all things good and holy in this world, skip Uncharted 1. Okay. It's, I'm I'm uh, impressed that it got a sequel. Uh, it's But it's, a, it's rough in a lot of ways. The climbing is rough. Like, it's similar jump. Like, I think, I think it's closest to, both in terms of jump from 1 to 2 and in terms of jump from uh, end of timeline, I guess, is like Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed 2 or Mass Effect to Mass Effect 2. Yeah. But I don't think the first one mm-hmm. is anywhere near as polished as Assassin's Creed 1 or, or Mass Effect 1 were. It was, like, a lot of rough platforming where it wasn't clear where I was supposed to be going, followed by extended shooting sequences on the jungle. So when I got to number two, I was like, everyone says... Like, it's very common for to see people online say that Uncharted 2 is their favorite game ever. So I was like, how the fuck? Are they playing a different game than me? I was astonished. And then finally I got to Uncharted 2, and I was like, ah, shit, this is really good. fuck and then i'm playing uncharted 3 now and shit it's really good and anyway the reason i brought it up is because like two days after i watched stardust they talked about lawrence of arabia um they talk about te lawrence aka lawrence of arabia in uncharted and we're like searching for a treasure that he hid so i'm like okay fine fine fuck it i'll watch the movie (laughs) i'll watch the fucking movie okay it's four hours long but i'll watch the fucking movie so about 90 minutes in it is indeed four hours long and it's like one of those i kind of am getting um nostalgic for something that i didn't really experience while watching it but it's like an old school hollywood epic and you just don't see epics anymore like matt correct Mm -hmm. me if i'm wrong actually matt or adam you've seen it too i think dune was the closest I feel like I've felt like I've come in the last few years. It's just, it's slow. It's You can tell that it's building somewhere. It's got these sweeping landscapes. It's like, this is going to go somewhere eventually. 
but it's going to take its time getting there and make you feel like, look at how much fucking Hollywood we could shove in your <laughs> fucking face. So, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. It's not my favorite of the older movies, but I'm, I'm, that's a big one to finally be crossing off my list. And it took me 12 minutes to explain why I was watching it, but that's kind of <laughs> my shtick, I guess. <laughs> it's a long movie. It needs a long explanation. Exactly. <laughs> I fit in a lot in there. I talked about how I'd seen Stardust. I talked about how I'm playing uh, Uncharted. And, and again, I don't. I know I said that, I think, at the beginning. Stardust, really good movie. Really good movie. If you just are looking for something, it's like, you, you know, you're sitting with the girlfriend at home, and uh, and she wants to watch... Um, and she, and she wants to watch something cute, or more likely, if you're me, you're sitting with a girlfriend at home, and you want to watch something, <laughs> <laughs> and then you kind of pawn it off on her. You know, it's like, oh, you want to watch this? It's the equivalent of like I've definitely been in like a bar situation or something. I'm like, hey, could you order like a fruity drink, and then I can like pretend that I'm just having a sip of it? Could we do that? <laughs> that would be great. I, I would love that. Um, so, yeah, but anyway, the point is, Stardust genuinely a quite a good movie. All right. Did I miss anything? And then I, I have, like, some really super quick news, and then we can get into the actual topic of the day. You guys have anything else you need to get off your chest? Nope. No. Go, go news. Go, go gadget news. Okay, so Charlie Cox has been announced by Kevin Feige that he will be, at some point, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Returning as Daredevil. If he's not in Spider-Man No Way Home, I will shit in my hat and wear it. That's how confident I am. <laughs> he's going to be in this movie. But yeah, Kevin Feige was like, at some point, the next time you see Daredevil, we don't know where or when. The next time you see Daredevil, it'll be Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox, also the main character in Stardust. It all comes around. Everything is Stardust. And, uh, and then the final piece of news is It Takes Two, the amazing game that I said should be game of the year. Uh, the company is being sued by Take-Two Interactive um, because they say that the name It Takes Two is getting too close to their trademark. Oh, my God. Take-Two Interactive, uh, probably wow. most famously uh, being the guys who publish Grand Theft Auto, but they also have a lot of – I mean, the Rockstar, like, they have that, so everything under Rockstar, but they also have uh, – Hades was published by Takes Two, Outer Worlds, Civilization, um, the Bioshock series. So it's a big company, um, but fuck you! Yeah. Fuck you! It takes two, you scumbags! Wow. I mean, jeez, I'm gonna be seriously. I mean, I don't think I've bought in the Takes Two game in a little while, but this is enough for me to be like, mm, wow, you jackasses yeah there's nothing else to say that's nothing that's a nothing lawsuit and Fuck also you. like it takes two is a phrase that's a thing yeah. people say yeah it's just yeah and it takes two also uh, there's like there's a significant difference between a video game and a video game studio yes right like you can't have the same name for the same thing but you can have the same name for different things yeah, they. I mean, it's Take Two does not make games. Take Two, I as far as I know, publishes games like they're like EA, right? You don't see many things made by EA in house. Like EA will have companies that work yeah. for them. So, but I mean, I'm hoping that they win the lawsuit. They, I mean, they've gotta, in my opinion, and it to me it would ride on the fact that a fuck you. That I would say that if I'm the lawyer, 
that's important that that gets on <laughs> Fuck you. record. And B, fundamentally in terms of phrase, take two is like we had take one, now we're on take two. You know? Yeah. As opposed to it takes two, which is it will take two of us. The, the phrases use the same words, but the meanings are not the same. Yeah. Fucking jackasses. That like, I really was quite upset when I saw that. Because I, 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 I love... I guess they're afraid of the uh, the it takes two media empire. <laughs> yeah. <that's coming> <laughs> yeah, 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 so, man, this little indie game. Well, you better watch out. But I think it was. I think it. I think it takes two was published by EA. So hopefully, hopefully, Papa EA can be uh, in the good books for a change. For the first time. Yeah. yeah. I I, I vote that we uh, we have a new recurring segment, which is just entitled "Fuck You." Where we find <laughs> where we find a thing that pisses us off, and then we don't propose any solutions. It's just we just sit there and go da 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 da. Fuck you, and that's the segment. That's the segment. I love that. You're you're giving me like slight flashbacks, um, and again, I apologize for taking us in a weird direction. But I don't know if Matt, if you do this, I'm confident that Adam does this. But I like to go to sleep to some sort of talking. So usually it's a YouTube video. And so occasionally I'll just like go through and I'll, you know, queue up a bunch of them. And I've done that with the Good Mythical Morning ones a lot. And I don't know if you guys watch Good Mythical Morning like ever, but I have, but uh, not religiously. I find they have one video where they got a million subscribers on the channel where they attempt to say thank you a million times. Yeah. And inevitably, that sounds like them. You guys can see where I'm going. Yes. Inevitably, when I go to sleep, at some point, the thank you video will get put into the playlist <laughs> and then i'll have the weirdest fucking dream just, thank you 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 and i'm like oh my god please stop <laughs> so i don't know if i could do that but for fuck you because someone would probably fall asleep to this podcast and wake up except more aggressive <laughs> not thank you but fuck you, fuck you. wait what did i do ah. why do these canadians hate anyway let's uh speaking of media conglomerates let's move on to hawkeye Oh, right. That's what we were supposed to talk about. That's what we're talking about, the first three episodes of Hawkeye. Uh, And you know what? I think this will be actually pretty easy and and not take too long. I'll knock on wood because I think I may have jinxed it for saying that. But uh, we'll start off with general thoughts. I was thinking as I was driving home from the hockey game, I'm like, do we even have like a full episode's worth of content to talk about the three episodes? Like we stretched one episode of Loki out into forever – I felt like, and we definitely did it with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and yet there's three episodes, each 50 minutes long of Hawkeye, and I'm sh- like, I have it on in the background here, so I'm sure I'm going to come up with more to say, but my general thought, I'll go to you guys in a second, is I just like it. Like, it's just, Loki was was good, and WandaVision was good, and Falcon and Winter Soldier was good, and What If was good, but they all were, like, so dire. Just the end <laughs> of the world constantly, and everything is being affected. How is this going to affect the grand universe? Ah. Yeah. I'd it's about Christmas. It's it's just being human around Christmas in a very entertaining way. I'm delighted by how low stakes this show seems to be. So, Adam, I'll go to you first, but that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I'd say I'm in a pretty similar position. I'm enjoying it. I thought, I think, of the shows and... Now, admittedly, this could be a recency bias thing because I haven't rewatched any of the others. But I think of the shows, this was the best first episode we've had yet. 
in the sense of it did an excellent job. Like, it did everything a pilot has to do. It introduced the characters and the, the ones that we didn't already know. It told us the stakes. It made, which were both simple and personal, which is basically what you want in this sort of drama. It had a good bit of action, but not too much. It had, there was a lot of uh, showing and not telling about uh, personality quirks, especially for uh, Kate, I think her name is. Um, I, I keep thinking her, I always, I like it when the Marvel movies pick actors I don't know, because then I just think of them as their character. But like, I, I know who Haley Steinwell is. Um, or what? No, that's not her fucking name. Seinfeld. 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 Yeah, because like yeah. she's a musician, and I've heard her music, and it's pretty good. Um, so yeah, but I I knew who she was anyway. I thought she was fine. Um, but yeah, in terms of just this is here is a a plot in a box to launch a series. I'm like I I have no notes. This is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, of all the uh, of all the starlets, like the young, you know, up and coming people, and you could put her like I think Jennifer Lawrence was probably the winner from that generation. And then, what's the chick who like makes her own lotion and stuff now? Um, she was in the Divergent series. I'm like, oh, okay. oh, um, Shailene, Shailene Woodley, Woodley. Yeah, Shailene Woodley, Woodley indeed. She makes her own so, like lotions now. Yeah, she's like she likes to live off the grid and makes her own like lotion out of dirt and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, you do you. But I've always, uh, I've always really enjoyed the work that Haley Steinfeld has done. She the first time thing that she was in like period, was in uh, True Grit. She was like really solid in True Grit. Uh, and then of course she was in Into the Spider Verse. I didn't watch any of the Pitch Perfect things. I haven't. I didn't know any of her music, so like I didn't. You know, there's no fandom from that, but just think that she was good. I actually really, really dug Bumblebee, and she was the main character. Right, in that was the other place I'd seen her in a movie. I was like, I, yeah. I was trying to, I was blanking on it. Yeah, she's in Bumblebee, and uh, I mean, she was in Into the Spider Verse. She was uh, Spider Gwen. She was in End, uh, Ender's Game, and I kind of oh, like Ender's Game. Um, I'm not sure which of those you didn't know, but I'll just trust that you didn't know either one. And then if for anybody who's like used to work at Petland, which is a good chunk of my friend group, she was in The Edge of Seventeen, which is like a cute uh, like teen comedy with Woody Harrelson that involves uh, <laughs> some shenanigans in a Petland warehouse. So just like, I mean, we all had to. You have to watch movie. it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because like, why not? Uh, so like everything that she's done, I thought she was, hey, she's she's pretty good in that. So I'm watching her knock and I'm like, hey, she's. She's pretty good at this too, yeah. and it's like I'm pretty comfortable putting the prediction down that um, she's going to be Hawkeye by the end of this, right? We can all agree on that. Yeah, there's no way Clint. I would continues. assume that's where yeah. it's going. Yeah, and I'm like really happy. She seems yeah. to be doing a great job. I, I can. I'm going to be comfortable with her taking over. I feel. Sorry, Matt. Though we haven't gone to you yet. Yes, I. Uh, I also really like it so far. It sort of stuck out to me a little bit less than the other ones so far. I think, but I think that's because the other ones all have like very strong or not it's not strong necessarily in terms of better but just you know they have very clear not i don't want to say gimmick not in like a derogatory way to the shows but the other shows all kind of had like oh like this is their thing where this is more just like a straightforward sort of like action buddy comedy yeah but i think it's doing a really good job of being that um you know, it, it kind of took me an episode to to come around i couldn't decide if i really liked uh, Kate Bishop so far or not because she's a very like she's a very Marvel character 
Mm-hmm. You know, like she's she's very likable. She's funny. She's extremely competent, but like also kind of bumbling and clumsy and awkward in a funny way. Yeah, um, it is very Marvel. I agree which, with you. Yeah, yeah, but I think she's very Marvel in in a good way. I don't think I I was worried about it for an episode, but I, a few episodes in now, I you know I've come around. I think she's doing a great job as that character, and I'm really liking the character so far. The chemistry between the two of them. I think is great so far. Um, you know, and speaking of good actors, Jeremy Renner, I think has been killing it so far through the first three episodes. Um, I mean, you know, obviously we've known for a long time that he's a very good actor, but it's nice to see him sort of take on, uh, you know, step into the spotlight and, and really kind of explore more of his character. He's been great so far. Um, so yeah, this is definitely the marveliest (laughs) of the shows so far. Um, but I think it, but, but it's not, it's not marvel in a bad way. I think they've done a really good job so far. Yeah. Like I would have had a hard time imagining the other shows being a movie, but not this one. This one kind of feels like it was a movie that they really, um, stretched out, but again, not in a bad way. Like they, they're filling it with, with new and interesting things. I agree. Like Clint Barton was always kind of the human face of the Avengers. I mean, I know Natasha is technically, I mean, they're all technically humans, but I know that she was Tekla too, but she was also kind of fantastical with her Black Widow and her like ninja yeah. grab shit, right? Yeah, like yeah. he's just really he's, just a very skilled yeah, human. He's just a guy. Yeah, and which they really leaned into, like yeah. especially in Ultron, which we all voted last time. We think is uh, is better than people think. Oh, by the way, I did get some feedback, uh, and one of the ones, um, shit, I'm thinking I'm, the feedback I got was um, on on our Facebook page. Ultron is too high, and Black Widow is too low. And I was just like, please defend Black Widow to me. Yeah. Because <laughs> how? <laughs> I would love to know. I, so uh, if, you're, if you're out there, like there wasn't a great ar- argument for it other than it's Natasha and she deserves a great movie. I'd like, yeah, she does. But, but she didn't she get didn't one. Get it. <laughs> and that's a shame. But maybe. Oh, speaking of characters are going to take over. Like the MCU is in good hands. If the new Hawkeye is going to be uh, Haley Steinfeld and the new Black Widow is going to be Florence Pugh. And apparently Florence is going to be in this show at some point. But, like, man, those two seem like they're going to be phenomenal picks for the next, like, a decade and a half. Uh, But, yeah, sorry to get distracted. This is – Jeremy Renner's doing great work. I thought the – Matt, you know I have to go to you. What did you think of the the Avengers musical? The musical guy. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not amazing. But you know what? It's – it's not bad. I didn't mind it. I thought the joke of having Rogers the musical was fantastic. The music itself, I was like, I could get into this. It's extremely cheesy, but that's sort of the that's point. how musicals work. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that I thought that was really fun. Actually, I liked it. I'd, I'd totally be down to see more. And I've noticed it pop up a few other times. Like, I've, there's you know a scene where like the TV's on the background and there's a commercial for it. I've seen sort of ads for it sprinkled throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that was that was a really fun thing to see. I I, I quite enjoyed Rogers the musical. <laughs> and the whole how they turned I could do this all day into like the main. Oh line. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like phenomenal, phenomenal. It was stuff. yeah that that was very very fun. And it was also like such an effective scene of him just sitting there going like this is this is the cringiest thing there has ever been. <laughs> and like I was there. You know who wasn't there? Fucking Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> He also, yeah, it was a nice scene of just like seeing, you know, his friends who like fought and died, sort of sing and dance, and just seeing how that's 
how that just kind of gets to him was was a really nice scene. Yeah. And this is kind of a, a weird example of something that I really like when the MCU does is when they like um, reference the like uh, what's happened in past movies and shows and stuff like that, and we see how it affects the characters. I always really like when they do that. Mm. Um, and like even the main sort of bad guys in this, at least so far, the um, the the tracksuit gang. Although I think they're a little silly, Bro. but Bro, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the fact that it, it's just another example that I think the MCU does really well, where they, you know, uh, the consequences of of Clint's actions from another movie are now impacting him in this thing. It just makes the entire world feel very um, sort of full and real and I, I always like when they bring those kinds of things together in, in other shows yeah I think my favorite moment from the first three episodes was that they they reference like I, I, I think for the most part everyone agrees that the best line that Hawkeye has well okay sorry the best line that Hawkeye has in the movies is that depends on how hard you hit me um, <laughs> but the second I, I, the second best line. I don't know if I agree with that, but okay. Well, well I mean, I just I the exchange like is great, right? We're still yeah, friends, right? It depends on how you're too. But the second best line is, is like, there's a there's a giant killer robot outside, and I have a bow and arrow. Yeah. None of this makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I just really like that they essentially reference that when the bad guy goes, "Uh, you're too high tech," and he's like, "My weapon is a stick and string," or something <laughs> yeah. to that effect. And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> Yeah. That was that yeah, was excellent. It's, it, it's very satisfying to see him him do his thing, and I think the uh, I'm glad you pointed out the second line because it would be my vote for the his best line. Yes, it's also like a thesis statement for the character. Yes, it's just like yeah, none of this doesn't make sense. He's just a guy doing his best. So uh, Adam, I do want to ask in spoilers for Dune, was it super obvious the second you saw? Uh, Leto in Dune that he was gonna die. Yes, that he was too good of a dad to survive. Okay, yeah, yeah. Was, there's there's no way he makes it out of this movie. Uh, so, but it's I find it very satisfying to watch quality dadding in media, and uh, like he doesn't get to do it very often. But I did, enjoy, I thought it was good to see all the scenes of of Clint trying to dad. You know, yeah. like the interaction with his kids felt believable when they're sitting at that table and he's like kind of trying to come up with stuff to do. Yeah, it felt very, very normal, and it also because those scenes worked so well, it does ground the stakes for him. Because I think at this point in episode, uh, at the end of episode three, he's missed like two of the days, right? So he missed the first yeah. one, which mm-hmm. I think was the movie marathon, and that was by his youngest kid, if I recall correctly. And then his daughter proposed um, the 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 crafts they were building, house. ugly sweater, yeah. no gingerbread house, yeah gingerbread house, that, that, gingerbread house was the first day. Is next, yeah, gingerbread yeah. house was the first day. So he's missed. It doesn't matter which order. He's yeah. missed Gingerbread House. He's missed Movie Marathon. Ugly Sweater Day is next. It looks like he's gonna miss those. So it's like, okay, they led those up in the in the first day. He's probably gonna miss all of them, which is a, a bit of a shame. But yeah. I also I don't mind that the the show is also condensed. Like in the first episode, you know, they tell you what we're like four days away from Christmas or whatever yeah. it is. So it means that they can't stretch it out and and really blow it up. It's like, okay, you have this amount of things. And I was watching. Uh, 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 not watching. I was listening to a review of the Matrix, and again, what the new one or the old one? <laughs> so, uh, the original Matrix, okay. actually, because it was in preparation for the Matrix uh, Resurrection, Resurrection yeah. coming out. Yeah, coming out later this month. And they were talking about how, like, the final or pretty much the final scene of the Matrix is done in like in a building, 
and they, they really have to make use of the fact that they're in a building so they go through different levels and there's yeah. a lobby fight scene and the fight on the roof but it's it's just a building whereas you look at other things including hawkeye kind of and definitely shang chi it's like if they did that because they didn't have a budget to really go crazy but sometimes in these marvel things they have the budget so it's like let's fight across the city you know yeah. so it's sometimes the, by accident the constraints can actually make something better whereas in this case i know i'm going to contradict myself by saying in a second that the best scene probably was that car chase Oh, but God, yes. <laughs> I am finding it very satisfying that they knew to set the limitations on this. It's happening within three days. So if they get hit, if they're injured, they're going to stay injured for the duration of the show, Yeah, pretty much. I am I am enjoying that very much. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to see the small scale of things. You know, I mean, Clint always felt like he could fight alongside the Avengers and stuff like that. But when he's on his own, he's not going to be doing anything cosmic. Yeah. You know? Like, it wouldn't really wouldn't really work and that's not you know and his main story is basically just him and his family and him working one-on-one with kate and so it's it's nice that they've they've kept it small like that i think yeah agreed adam any thoughts yeah no i'm i'm in agreement i i like the scale uh yes i agree with you i think the best scene of the first three episodes so far was the the car chase a plunger arrow what good is that and then five minutes later, <laughs> oh, now I see why you have the plunger arrow. It was Chekhov's plunger yes, arrow. Yes, exactly. Yep. Oh. There was something I wanted to talk about first, but let's maybe move to that car seat, unless you have something else. Well, there was just it was just the thing. I It was only because you brought up Dune. Um, but I wanted to introduce a thing to you, which I, I heard about the other day and I think is really cool, um, which is that in, in the other thing I observed as soon as I saw Dune was like because the bagpipes. Well, yes, but there's, <laughs> good God, the bagpipes. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, <laughs> no, it's just, that was, that's fair. That was, that was a thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, the, um, cause you're trying to figure out who's the mole, right? How did, how did all this happen? And the, one of the things that I've, I've started to notice is, like, usually you can pick up on this basically because when there's a surprise twist like that, it's the person who's in the plot a lot but doesn't seem to have much to do. Mm-hmm. And so, yep. but the reason I bring that up is just because I really like the term that I heard used to describe it, and now I'm going to share it with you guys, which is law of economy of characters. That's if you're going to put a guy on screen for a lot of time, he'd better be important. Because you only have yep. so much screen time, so there's a so, there's a phrase that's now in your library. I was gonna say, are you gonna relate that to? Do you think there's a character who's? I mean, it's. It, I think it would be no secret to say that there's more to. You know what? That's where I was gonna go after the car chase sequence. Adam, you threw me off. <laughs> We're gonna do it first. What the fuck's going on with her mom and with Jack and with everything else? I didn't know the character who played. I believe that's his name, right? Jack. Yes, that's um, Jack. Yeah. Yes, new Jack. husband. Yeah, but I did know her mom, good old Vera Farmiga, also one of the funnest names in the world to say. Uh, feel free to say it in your spare time. Vera Farmiga, fantastic actress, and who plays the mom. So I was very excited, and also I knew the dad was going to die. I'm like, I know you, I don't know you. Only one of you is going to survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's been great, and I thought you know she I think plays very well off of 
Kate, and like she's bringing a lot of, um, I don't want to say class, but like legitimacy, I guess, to the role. Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. a it's a good relationship that they've got going. And man, I am, I am digging. I have no idea particularly where it's gonna go, but I'm digging everything about Jack. I find that that guy like when he's playing dumb, it seems to be working. When he's playing smart, it seems to be working. Like he's ju- he's like riding the line of being like just slimy enough that you don't know because if it goes either way it's like well then you don't suspect him at all because he seems like just kind of a nice guy or he could easily be and he's got the mustache for it a mustache twirling proper villain but he's like right on the fucking edge so what i'll go to matt to you first what the Mm -hmm. fuck is going on with her family did jack kill the guy what what happened it seems so at this point which makes me think that there's no way that he killed that guy uh but i also like he he also just pisses me off watching him so i sort of want him to be the villain but he's being so clearly set up to be i feel like it 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 would be a disappointment almost if he was so i feel like he's gonna end up at most only being mildly involved um i i'm more suspicious of her mom at the moment uh, for no other reason than I have no reason to suspect her and I have tons of reasons to suspect Jack uh, and three episodes in <laughs> that uh, seems a bit much so well and the other guy but to be honest Armand. I really have no clue Armand threw shade at mom in yeah. the first episode well and she told like there was a big obvious lie that has not yet been resolved where Armand is conf- they're having that argument and then Kate shows up and he goes why was he threatening you? And she goes, I have no idea. Bullshit, lady. Bullshit, you have no idea why he's threatening you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the owner of a securities company is definitely someone that could get pretty easily into some pretty shady stuff. So I'm much more suspicious of her mom at the moment. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you guys. I think that, that Jack is, also, is, a, is a good guy. And my theory that I've concocted is thus without knowing too much about the comics or anything like that um but i think not only is he a good guy i think he's the swordsman who trained clint because we never saw clint use a sword before endgame and all, what the thing that we know about jack is he's clearly a very skilled swordsman like they were they were barely hiding that yeah in fact i'd go out yeah go, i would say that they were actually trying to tell you that he's clearly a good swordsman without telling you that right yeah where the hell did Clint learn to do that? So I wouldn't be surprised if he's trying to get a hold of that stuff because maybe it was originally his gear. So, like, did... And then yeah, it might, could you know, some of the murders... Did he bet on it at the auction? I forget. He did. Yeah, he didn't have the money. That's what Armand was like. Ah, he bet on the sword, yeah. He couldn't bid on the gear because that's when the bomb right, blew yeah. up. He's like, I'm about to. Yeah, I'm about yeah. to come into some money because he's getting married. But um, that's kind of my... Theory and presumably his actually... uncle is going to die. <laughs> what, the uncle is already dead. Is Not it? at the auction. That's what he was saying. Well, yeah, he died lady. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But like, I, that's when he said he was going to come into some money. I actually, my first thought was inheritance. Um, oh, I thought it was because he was marrying Vera Farmiga, and, and therefore they would have a joint bank account. Matt, hmm. tiebreaker. Porcano Los Dos. Why not both? Okay, you son of a bitch. You got me there. <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? Indeed, yeah. So that was shady, but I agree. He's like, he's been a little too too obviously shady to set up. But 
mom. Mom, real sketchy. Okay, let's talk about the action sequences uh, because there's been a fair amount of them, and I've actually thought they were pretty good. Not the least of which because it must be so refreshing for the Marvel animators to just have to deal with, like, bows and arrows. Now, they've been very creative with those bows and arrows, and, and it's not really an action sequence, but I genuinely thought the scene of Clint having to go to, like, the Renaissance Festival with the LARPing. Oh, man. Oh, it was that so was, good. That was <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so, but, I mean... Just nice, low-tech. They know how to shoot it. They, you don't have to worry about any particle effects or, you know, yeah. whatever the fuck Wanda and Vision are doing. Just hit a guy with an arrow. They know It's it's just been been satisfying the whole way through, but particularly that car sequence. Which And the other thing I'm noticing in the show, and that really got showed off in the car sequence, is uh, great direction. I, every time, like, or not every time, but frequently I'm watching, I'm like, that's a... That's an interesting shot, and not in a bad way. That's yeah. just like you're doing something interesting with the shot that you've done. Yeah, it's been really solid. the The whole car chase sequence was great. It was really nice to see um, Clint be able to pull out some of his, you know, quote unquote powers. You know, because I mean, we've seen him use, you know, many different types of arrows, but for the most part in the show, they tend to be either like basically bomb arrows or like an EMP or like a grappling hook, which are all, you know, cool in their own way. But it was, re- it was neat to see stuff that's just like completely out there and different, you know, like goo arrows and the, oh, and of course the, the fucking Pim arrow. Yes. Was yes. perfect. <laughs> yeah. They really, yeah. they brought out the, uh, the effects for that one, but yeah, remarkable. That's exactly what we needed to see. Yeah, and even just the regular hand-to-hand fighting scenes have been quite good. I mean, they're they're generally, uh, you know, decent and up in Marvel shows, but I think these ones um, have been some of the best, actually. Um, even if they haven't been super out there and inventive, I just find they've been like shot very well. Um, I'm I'm very I, I always notice when um, or sorry I have high standards for um, how fight scenes are shot. And some of the Marvel hand-to-hand fight scenes kind of bug me going back to them these days. But these ones have been very good so far. I've been I've been happy with them. Like some nice long takes, not like not very shaky. It's just you know I, I've been I've been really happy with them. They've been done well. Yep, totally agree, Madam. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I I hadn't really noticed the direction, um, which is usually a good sign. <laughs> like if you're doing your job, then you're invisible. Um, and most, I, I think that way about most of the behind the camera sort of techniques is that it's like, it's the janitorial approach. If, uh, if I notice you, it's cause you've done something wrong and I haven't yeah. really noticed it. Um, the PIM arrow was hilarious. I'm going to reiterate what Matt said there. Cause Oh my God, that was so good. PIM arrow was great. I th- it was also just like a good setup. First of all, it's nice to see an Avenger, uh, like I mean, we talk about the consequences of actions that good, but the physical toll of the actions, you know, like the closest I think that we've really come is in um, the Dark Knight Rises, where they're talking about how you have no cartilage left in your knee. Yeah. Um, but then he does, and he still kicks ass the rest of the movie, and he's fine. But like in this one, it's like, when did you, you know, start to lose your hearing? <laughs> they just play the compilation. Sure. Of the <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that's great. But also, yeah, he would be feeling the physical effects of everything he's going through. So 
that felt very organic to, for him to deal with that. And the fact that it, you know, breaks so they're when they can't communicate very well and they're in the car, like that chaos worked really well. It was all great. Speaking of uh, deaf characters, the majority of episode three was about the villain Echo, who is a deaf amputee character played by a deaf amputee actress. And uh, as like Matt, you and I have a friend who is trying to learn American sign language. I think he's actually getting pretty good. And um, and it's again. Well, this is gonna sound, I think, as the kids would say, super privileged. But like, it's just not something that I even thought about that much until I was start talking to him and a friend of his who's hard of hearing. And I was like, yeah, you know what? There isn't a lot of this stuff. So I'm I'm now super aware of it when I see it in media. Like, as weird as it was, I was kind of excited when I saw in Kong versus Godzilla there was some American Sign Language. I'm like, yeah, get it in there. Kong would know that. Good job. So. Uh, I'm enjoying the fact that that's like a main plot of the uh, of the show, and I also thought it was very clever how they don't give you the correct subtitles when she's a child and she's kind of still learning. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I, I always clever. like that kind of thing with subtitles when someone doesn't quite understand properly. I always find that that kind of little trick interesting. Yeah, put us in the perspective. But like I was trying to say there, while I focused on not saying something too terrible, I mean to have a this is like the ultimate slam dunk like this actress this role it it seems like it must have been been destiny and to be fair i think she's pretty much nailing it i enjoy a lot of her fight scenes too um she was you know decently intimidating you know they set up a lot of stuff where they both lost fathers but um her relationship with his father her father was kind of similar to kate's relationship with her father but except now kate has hawkeye to fill in so I'm I'm enjoying that. I'm eager to see where it goes. I'm just a little worried that it's going to get into a situation like with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where they try to make a villain so likable that they struggle to be villainous and still get their comeuppance in the end. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, where's yeah. this going to go? Is she going to turn, like, full heel, and then we really hate her? Or are you trying to make her likable? I don't know, because I don't even remember her name from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but to me, that was one of the, the greatest disappointments. Carly. Yeah. Carly, very menacing that. name. Yeah, terrifying. Um, <laughs> yeah, disappointed for that. So I'm, I'm more hopeful that, that this goes well. But I also like, I mean, it's the classic thing. Villains should kind of meet heroes where they are. So the fact that she's a hero who's going to meet Hawkeye in the heart of hearing sense is not something I ever expected to come up. But really happy to see. It's something just fresh, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think it's been done done well so far there's something to me that's very intimidating about a villain who is silent mm-hmm. and i mean in this case it's you know literally because of uh, you know uh you know her disability but it's still I, th- I just think it's really cool like when they're just the stares that you get when they don't say anything and stuff like that i always find it very intimidating from a villain um so yeah i'm super down for it i think there's a lot of interesting things they could do there's just you know, uh, there's very, very few, uh, I mean, main characters or villains, you know, in any kind of media that, you know, have disabilities. We just don't see it very often. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it. So far, I think they've done a really great job. Mm-hmm. Adam? Yeah, I think I, yes, I, I 
again, you guys kind of covered it. Um, I like seeing a, I had no idea that it was genuinely a, a hard of hearing actress. So that's good because there's no reason not to do that. Um, but I think, uh, I think she's done a good job. I like the, uh, I like her sort of underboss. <laughs> He's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's like, we need to talk. None of these idiots have learned ASL. <laughs> Do you think any of these idiots learned <laughs> yeah. ASL in the last ten minutes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, you've got into a good point, and I think it should be our final point on hockey before we get into our new segment, Adam. Uh, we have an underboss. We also have an overboss. So there's an uncle who appeared, and her father's dead, but her uncle appeared in the flashback and reaches down with a pure black suit and cufflinks. Again. I'll shit into a different hat than the Charlie Cox one, and I'll wear both <laughs> at the same time if that's not Kingpin. I mean, it, it it just has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they also announced that he was coming back at some point, right? Pretty sure. Or, yeah. or is that just wishful thinking? But I, am, I think they did. It'd be a good spot for it. And, yeah, it's some people have, like, analyzed the laugh and, like, compared it to Vincent D'Onofrio to other roles, but, like, good. You had... I know that, you know, perfect casting gets thrown around a lot, especially because they have so many, like, great picks in Marvel. But if you if we really all put ourselves back in, like, 2013 or whenever it was, when Daredevil first came out, we were floored by how good Kingpin was, especially because that's that was peak uh, Marvel can't do villains thing. It's like, here's one. Yeah. Here's one where they, they did it really well. Yeah. Hawkeye got – or uh, Daredevil got a lot of things right. And Kingpin was the best part of that show. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, he's left. Yeah, the rest of it had to. I'm up. still like in terms okay. of visuals. I will always love Michael Clark Duncan. Like I think he had when I picture Kingpin, he's the face that comes to mind. But wow, that performance. Yeah, in terms of pretty much everything, I uh, I miss Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Speaking of actors who, what we wish were with us. Okay, so I want to move into uh, a new segment. So, again, if this is not your jam, feel free to skip, and then I'll get you guys' feedback on whether we want to do this at the beginning, the end, or whatever. But considering Nate and that sound was at the beginning, or at the end, last time, it seemed more appropriate. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this on Reddit, but there's someone who's posting an obscure Pokemon fact of the day, and they've been going for 250 days. Oh. Have you guys seen these? I have not. No. Some are kind of boring, and some are fantastic, and I thought would make wonderful trivia questions so welcome to the new segment that i'm ripping off of the user is uh user this is fuck mx <laughs> underscore just look up obscure pokemon fact they got a bunch of it's not an easy name to read off uh, but they're the person who's posting it so they get all the credit of course i'm just ripping it off but i do want to give you pokemon fact uh, number 245 first because that is directly rating uh, relating to Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, which is the Pokemon game that I'm playing, and people have... It's come under a lot of criticism, because it, they changed very little, but the things they did change, pretty much probably for the worse. Like, they added in the friendship mechanic from Let's Go Eevee. Oh, God. So if your Pokemon likes you too much, it'll, like, shake off mm -hmm. status effects, or survive, you know, hits, or get bonus critical hits. So that makes it a lot easier. It also has uh, EXP share all, just on, period. You can't turn it off. So... Um, it's I swiftly out leveled the game just by catching stuff. So I have I have my starter and then a rotating cast of five other Pokemon 
that I just put in there until they're fully evolved and they shuffle back out. Yeah. Because that's just how it's got to be. Uh, but here's a bunch of facts. This is not the quiz, by the okay. way. I have a good one for after this. Here's a bunch of facts about Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. It's the first remake to feature the exact same roster of Pokemon as the original game. It's the first remake to not have the most inclusive version of its regional decks. The first remake to be missing moves that were usable in the original game. Presumably, like, return and stuff. Yeah. First remake to not feature regular move tutors. First remake to feature no new battle format, i.e. single, double, or triple compared to the original games. First remake to use the new EXP share system. Duh. First remake to have zero connections story-wise to the base games of its generation. The first game after Yellow to introduce no new named locations or characters. First game after Crystal to introduce no new Pokemon or forms of existing Pokemon. That's crazy. Yeah. That they've been that consistent. First game since Gen 5 to not have reusable TMs. You, you can get multiple TMs, but you they're only one use. Um, like you can have five Ice Beams, for example. Yeah. Still not very good. No. First game since Gen 5 to introduce no new moves. First game since Gen 6 to introduce no new battle mechanics, i.e. Mega Evolution, Primal, Reversion, etc. And first game since Gen 6 to not introduce any new abilities. So, man. What did they add? Nothing. Jesus they added, I mean, they Christ. added the Grand Underground, which is kind of neat, but they took out a lot of stuff. And, uh, yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm playing it. I'm not having a bad time <laughs> with it. Am I having a wonderful time with it? No. I, uh, it, it probably could have been the first Pokemon game that I skipped. Um, I'm going to find a way to enjoy myself. I am determined. But, like, I'm, I'm hoping that it, it does really poorly so that they learn a lesson because it's, it's shameful. It's shameful that it did this. Uh, yeah, but I can't believe how little I am excited <laughs> for a new Pokemon game. Yeah. I was, like, seriously considering skipping it, right? I kind of at the last minute decided to get it. For the first time in my life, not to get a Pokemon game. I mean, like, that's just bonkers. I know, Adam, you're already off the thing because you don't even have a Switch, but, like, yeah, I was like, am I really, am I about to do this? Am I about to do this to pop a Pokemon? Yeah, it was. Okay, so here we go. Pokemon trivia. I will let you know when the questions come up. The subject of it is moves that take you off field okay okay yep so there are in no particular order because i'm not i'm not like grading you guys so adam in particular don't get super competitive um <laughs> there are three moves that take you into the sky can you name them fly yeah fly Sk uh no i was about to say sky attack but that doesn't do it sky oh, i was gonna say that too it cloaks <laughs> it cloaks you in light it doesn't actually take you into the oh um bounce Bounce is another one. There's a third. Uh, Dragon Ascent? Does that do it? No. It does not. Dragon Ascent is just close combat. Oh, yeah, that's right, but flying. Or flying type, Yeah, sorry. but flying. Okay, there's another one that takes you into the sky. This is a move that I thought would be really cool, especially for double battles, and then not that new Pokemon learned it, and it's just not very powerful. And I'll give you a hint. It has hmm. sky in the name. Two words. Sky is one of them. Sky drop. Sky drop. That's right. Okay, can between the two of you, <laughs> can you name three of the uh, seven? No, I want the majority. Four of the seven moves that can hit a Pokemon in the sky. And for bonus points, which do double damage? Uh, thunder. 
thunder. Yeah, I'm assuming. And it can do double. Does not do double. Doesn't damage. do double damage. Uh, does gust, do damage. I think, can. Gust is a move, and it does do yeah. double damage. Well done. Okay, so that's Matt, two. Matt, turn it to you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm like guessing on all of these and trying to. I'm sort of just thinking for ones that would make sense because I don't actually know. Um, uh, Twister. Twister. I, I, I was actually about I, to I say that because I'm like in in yeah. in the same as direction. As he, yeah. Hurricane. Twister does. So okay. So you've now nailed it. So you've you've named four and Gust and Twister are the ones that do double damage. Oh, we're going for seven. Well done. We're going. Hey. We're going for seven. Okay. What was Hurricane correct? Hurricane also is correct. Okay, so we got five. You have Gust, Twister, Thunder, and Hurricane. Oh, so that's you're four. missing three. Okay. Um, Sorry, four. Yeah. Flying Press? No. Yeah, with a shot. Uh, oh, um, Whirlwind? No. Oh, oh, but what about Roar? Oh. No. No? Okay. Blizzard? No. For a clue, I will give you guys types okay. if you need. Sure. Ready? Yeah. Yep. You have a fighting attack. Sky uppercut. Enough. Sky uppercut. Oh. A rock attack. Smackdown. Smackdown. Oh, yeah. And a. I'm not gonna give you the type. A signature attack from a legendary. Oh. Oh. I'll be honest. I hardly know Doom any desire? of those. I don't think I'm gonna get it. It's a ground attack. Oh, oh precipice blades. No. 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 A ground attack. That's a sig- and it's vaguely related to Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thousand arrows, thousand arrows. Yes, those can all hit yep. you. In the uh, oh man, I, f- I should have gotten thousand arrows right away. All right, well we're we're doing good so far. Yeah, you guys are doing yeah. great. Uh, there's only one move that takes you underwater. It is of course dive. Yes. What are the two moves that can hit you when you are diving? I know surf is one. That's right. By the way, these both do double is, damage. Can't tell I guess dive is too it. simple, hey? <laughs> Correct. You cannot dive. Uh, dive. <laughs> I'm going to take a stab whirlpool? Whirlpool. Oh, yep. nice. Okay. Oh, I, I was not sure. Sense. So I'm well done. Oh, great. Well, well, now I feel like you should be able to have dive battles if yeah. both Pokemon use dive on the same turn. It's like, all right, let's just hang out down here and use our it regular sounds, moves. I mean, I, I like pitched a Pokemon game. I even wrote it into Nintendo Power back in the day, and it they kind of did it because at one point in the games, weren't there aerial battles where you like had to use a flying Pokemon? Yeah, mm-hmm. there were. I'm vaguely remembering yeah, that, but I yeah, I, I pitched that as like you should have a Pokemon game and you can like meet, you know, in the various spots. But whatever. Okay, there's also one move, Dig, that takes you underground. Yeah. Uh, there are three. Um, moves that can hit you underground. Earthquake. Two of them do double damage. Magnitude. Earthquake. Fisher. You guys just nailed all three. Boom. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Earthquake. Fisher and magnitude. Earthquake and magnitude do double damage. Fisher is a wide KO. Reasons. Yeah. It could do double damage. We don't know. Yeah, I might as well. You know, <laughs> screw it. Throw it in there. And then some things you guys probably already knew. These aren't trivia facts. These are just kind of cool. Uh, no, you know what? Fuck it. You guys are doing so well. Uh, Irrespective of which method you use to get off field, there are three further methods to hit Pokemon off field. What are they? Okay, sorry. So there are three methods, as in not attacks? Methods. They could be an attack, but they're not exclusively attacks. Okay. And and this is just a thing that can affect a Pokemon who's not on the field. Oh, weather. 
Like no. Sandstorm or whatever. I'm saying if I, if my Pokemon wants to attack your Pokemon and you're consistently flying and I don't have any of the moves we talked about before, yeah, there are three ways I can pull it off. Okay. Oh. So I, I'm just saying, like, one of them may or may not be another attack, wink, wink, but one of them other... Like, what are the other things Pokemon's have? Like Abilities. Abilities? Is that one? Yeah. I'm trying to be vague here, guys, so I don't give a um, Okay, what ability could let... Oh, No Guard. No Guard. Very good. Yep. If you have No Guard, you can attack, even if they're off the field. Oh, what That's if one. what if you've used Lock On? Does that... Lock On is two. Oh. Matt, can you come clutch with number three? I'll, I'll give... I'm going to softball it to you, since mm-hmm. Adam's Noel, I want you to crush this one. This is an attack that is only available. Well, it's not available, but it has perfect accuracy if you're a specific type. Oh, I know what it is. Okay. I'll let. Um, I was going to guess something that is definitely not that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I have no idea, to be honest. Toxic. Adam, hit us. Toxic. If, if you're a poison, poison type, type toxic perfect. always Oh, yeah. That was what I was gonna guess after. I mean, after the thing I said, it wasn't gonna be. Gotta have the, the the self confidence. So the yeah, move, moves that otherwise <laughs> don't check accuracy, like swift, they don't do it if you're off field. Correct. Oh. They do not do it. You have to use either. You had lock on and uh, or mind reader also. Mind reader, yeah. That was. I was trying to think. I know so those can one. both be used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, those can both be used to target something that's off field, and then you guys need to be on the lights. Okay, I thought that was pretty successful. So uh, who yeah. knows what the next Pokemon fact is gonna be. But I just was looking at these, and like these are all so cool and obscure that I kind of want to incorporate this somehow. And also, I have like a, a deep longing. I misnamed that sound. It was it was so it was, it was amazing. Great. That was that was a great segment. We should bring it back. I, I was running out of sounds, <laughs> <laughs> but it was certainly fun while it lasted. Maybe I'll figure out a way to uh, to do it. But I I don't know. Um, anyway, so that'll do it for us this week. If you're excited about Hawkeye, you only have two more episodes to wait i think we'll probably especially because this is just i mean it's an enjoyable show but it's not very dense so maybe we'll wait for the next three because that seems to be what we do for these type of shows and then for the next episode we can either do whatever we're playing or has anyone yet watched arcane no i have not yet but i'm looking forward to it so that might be the thing to watch um especially because it's a video game show so it's like it's right in our wheelhouse and the final thing I want to ask about, Matt, if your phone still has battery life, Adam, please defend pudding. Endgame <laughs> next to Thor 2. Okay. So f- I understand you don't like it, but but Thor 2. But Thor, Thor 2, not- the one that no one even enjoyed being in. <laughs> I mean, I didn't hate Thor. Like, okay, yes, the villain's boring, but the villain's boring in most of the movies. Um, and, like, I don't know. I, I like Natalie Portman. What can I say? And she was in that one. Uh but I no I like again I didn't hate Thor the Dark World I just I guess I I should probably should have put it down one lower in forgettable because it was <laughs> but I'm like but also I think the one lower was Black Widow and I'm like but if you put a gun to my head and said would you rather watch Thor two again or Black Widow that's not a contest for me like I'm definitely gonna watch Thor two again um, oh damn. I hope our Black Widow fan Ooh. has given up on this episode. <laughs> like, I, I am not gonna watch that movie. Like, you would, you would actually have to pay me to watch Black Widow again. Um, Jesus. <laughs> unless you like clipped out all the parts with that don't have um, what's his name in it. 
Oh God, I'm blanking the, on the red. Yeah, the, the red, red menace that guy, or whatever. Whatever that guy. If you if it's just him, I'll watch the movie. Um, him and Florence and Pugh, Florence Buddy Pugh. Cop movie. Do yes, it. Yes, give me. I'll, I'll watch that. Anyway, but the point is, like, and I, I said this in the Discord, but I, I'm actually glad to say it on air again. Is the thing about Endgame is Infinity War was a. I was going to say it's a grand slam, but in the analogy, Infinity War loaded the bases. Right? It's like all of the work done here, it was bottom of the night, the bases are loaded. This is all you have to do is hit this ball. And like but the the thing the problem is everybody wants a grand slam. And it's not a grand slam, it was a looping single to left. It's like yes you scored the run and yes you won the game but you you didn't do it you you had all this set up and you don't get and you didn't do the payoff jeez i thought it was at least a triple no i i i was like i hate time travel as soon as they did that i'm like i am not going to like this movie and then they continued to do it and i'm like yeah this is all stupid and then oh there you go and, you were fine. and they took <laughs> they took the Okay, third best villain in the MCU in Thanos, and they made him dumb. And there's n there's almost nothing I hate more when a franchise does than they make a clever person dumb. Um, he was just a brute, and and there was nothing interesting to him in Endgame. So I was yeah, and like it just when you do time travel, it raises too many questions, and you weren't didn't satisfactorily answer any of them. Um. Jeez. I liked all of their intention, like every everything they did in a plot line, like the Captain America thing where he's like retires very gracefully. I thought that was great. I was fine with Tony dying. Um, I thought that was a good culmination of his arc, like all of those individual pieces I liked. But the framing device for how they set it up, I didn't. So Back to the Future would not make your top ten. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, not a big. No. Not a big, not a big <laughs> backwards time travel guy. I mean, I f here's the thing, I fundamentally disagree with I think everything you just said. <laughs> but Matt and I at ninety to to like to an hour twenty or to whatever nineties more than an hour twenty, we had ninety minutes to two hours to make our case last week. So I'm not gonna rehash. Let's <laughs> go listen to what we said. But I yeah, <laughs> I wanted to give you the opportunity because I distinctly recall us being like. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I listened to the episode. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to have a field day with this one. But, yes, I mean, honestly, yeah, Thor should have, Thor of the Dark World should have been down. Because it also doesn't deserve to be with the Spider-Man movies, um, which I like. I, and those ones, like. That was also shocking. Well, yeah, the only, that you were so low on MC Spider-Man. The thing about that. Why did I buy you a ticket to No Way Home? Do you know how hard those tickets were to get? I got you. You offered. Um, but, no, I the, did. the only did. thing about the Spider-Man ones is, like, I was struggling to, like, I, I, the only reason they were down there is because they were kind of forgettable in the sense that I was struggling to remember anything that happened in them. Like, I could remember individual, like, moments, like the scene in the car with Vulture, which is phenomenal, and the whole, the reveal, quote-unquote, of Mysterio in the next one, which is also great. Like, there are, there are four or five scenes across the two movies that I'm like, oh, that was really good. And the rest of it, I'm like, I have no idea what happened. Like, it's just gone. So it's not, I didn't dislike them, but they're literally forgettable in the sense that I forgot them. I can't tell you anything that happened. Wow, this has been, this has been so negative and horrifying. Matt, I'm giving you the final word. Tell us something <laughs> positive. 
Uh, <laughs> what a reflection I of thought Endgame was world. good. That <laughs> I had a positive, uh, a positive feelings about that movie. <laughs> I'm hoping, and this is the positive that I'll end on. So I'm, I'm again, I'm sorry that it didn't work out for you, Adam. <laughs> but part of the reason that I really want to go with you guys to uh, No Way Home on opening night is I feel like it. It's the next movie, and maybe the next, the last one for a long time, that I think might recreate the theater experience of Endgame and Infinity War. Yeah. Like, I'm oh, I'm down to watch a movie in a silent theater. That's fine. But to go with the hardcore fans when something crazy happens and it gets like a little bit rock concerty is nearly impossible to replicate. So I'm really hoping that certain people show up in no way home yeah and that uh and that we can get wild i i really hope and that's why i bought fucking seven tickets <laughs> well and just just to be clear when oh you are your father's son <laughs> yeah my god but that's dad's catchphrase <laughs> just just for the record when everybody else cheered and captain america got the hammer i, I was right there with you <laughs> let, let us lay this on the table i was i was in for that moment i was there yeah i mean yeah i it does of the it of the masterpieces because i think matt and i both had it in like transcendent tier it's also the one that's clearly the most disjointed like it almost doesn't fit but like the individual parts that just suck but Whatever. You know what? I said I was going to give Matt the best work, and then I took it back, and I'm a piece of shit. So we're going to end on that sad note of me being a piece of shit because we've gone on too long already. But everyone out there, thank you for listening. As it gets colder here in Winnipeg, it's more important to have a nice, safe, warm week. So everyone out there, have a great week. Have a safe week. We'll see you next time. Maybe even, depending on how long we dawdle, with a far-from-home review. Ooh. Whoa.